Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Hey everybody, welcome to Canvas Church. Is anybody excited to be here? My name is Brandon, and I'm one of the pastors here at Canvas, and uh, a lot of y'all I like haven't met or maybe not even seen for months, so I'm really excited to be here. Uh, my beautiful wife, Mel, and I have been helping with the North County, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I would encourage you, like Pastor Joe said, if you can get up there, uh, you'll love it. It's, it's fun. It's uh, going to be an evening service, uh, meet new people, and uh, kind of get a different, do a little bit of a different environment, uh, but y'all look great today, by the way. Uh, good to be here. It's really good to be here. I was I, I met uh, Shane uh, a couple weeks ago at the Welcome to Church party, and, uh, and and I didn't realize how long it had been since I'd been at the Central Campus. And uh, I was like, "Oh, Shane, how long have you been coming?" He's like, "Oh, like a year and a half." And I was like, "Oh, okay, I just met you." <laughs> so so some of you I may not have met yet, and uh, you've been coming here for a long time, and you're like, "Who is this new guy on stage?" Uh, or maybe uh, you know, maybe I haven't seen him for months. I know I saw Thomas, and his little boy looked like he's like a halfway grown man. He's got like muscles on his shoulders now. So I mean, it, it's just it's really good to see you guys, and I'm really excited to be here. And uh, I can kind of see you actually. These lights are kind of bright, but I can kind of see you. Um, but stick around afterward. We'd love my wife and I would love to give you guys some hugs and uh, and uh, and see you guys and meet some new faces if we haven't really met you yet. Um, but we've got three kids in the youth church. And uh, how many of y'all are grateful for our youth leaders over there? Come on, let's see a show of hands. They are amazing. Pastor Aaron does an incredible job of organizing, and, and, and no matter how much is on her plate, she's always laughing and smiling. I mean, she's amazing. And every, every, every worker in there, every servant, every leader that leads our children, uh, every time I go in there, they're smiling, they're holding like, you know, three screaming babies, they're just, you know, they're, they're incredible, so... Uh, so if you get the opportunity, make sure when you grab your kids, uh, love on them, thank them, and uh, I'm so, it's so good to be able to come here, and my kids are excited. Little PJ, as we were praying, she's like, Dad, after this, are we going to class? And I said, yes, we are. She's like, okay. And then she grabs my hand, and she's pulling me. She's like, I know the way, I know the way, and she's so excited to be there. So, um, so you guys go to an amazing church. I don't have to tell you that, but, but I do want to thank you for coming. There are some great churches in San Diego and I really believe that Canvas is one of the best ones in the city, in the county, amen? And uh, we're doing some great things in North County. There's uh, people, because of your generosity, because of your prayers, uh, at North County campus, we have seen the last eight months, uh, lives transformed, marriages healed, people's bodies healed. We, and we've seen some incredible things, and the most important is that people are coming to know Jesus, and people are able to come in and celebrate on a Sunday and build new relationships so it's because of your prayers and your generosity, and we, uh, we know that these two churches are one, and uh, these two church bodies, and so I'm so excited to finally be here for eight weeks during the summer and get to hang out with you guys some more. It's been a long time. Uh, so turn, we, turn with me, if you would, to the, the book of John, and uh, we're going to turn to John chapter 5. There are four gospels. Gospel just means good news. So there's four stories of the good news of the life of Jesus Christ. And uh, so it's going to be some of the first books of your New Testament, uh, which is the latter half of the Bible. And uh, if you can find it to uh, John chapter 5, uh, I'm gonna get, you guys can hold your finger there for just a minute. We're going to get to that scripture in a moment. It'll be on the screens too. But uh, at North County, we, uh, the reason, part of why we're having a, a, an evening service is because uh, this summer we're obviously a little bit of a smaller campus. And uh, our setup and pack up, much like yourselves, is a lot of work. 
and we've got a pretty small crew for the most part. And uh, so Pastor Ben uh, made the decision so we could have a break this summer and take eight weeks and just breathe a little bit, get to hang out with Central a little bit. But during the uh, setup and pack-up time, I show up super early with a, with a team of very mo- motivated and happy, smiling people. Uh, but at the end, it's when it gets hot in Escondido, right? And so we're, uh, we're breaking down, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's pretty exhausting, I got to admit. Uh, but it is fun. And uh, my, my beautiful wife takes all the kids at some point and says, okay, let's get you home, get you some lunch. It's been a long day. And so as, uh, as she kind of uh, gets the kids in the car and I'm you know, continuing to help pack up, my son inevitably says, dad, I want to go with you. I want to ride in the big red truck, the church's expedition. I want to go with you, dad. And it was a couple months ago that, that he was saying, like, dad, I want to go with you. I want to stay with you here. And you know, let my wife take the girls uh, home and, and grab a nap or a lunch or whatever they need. And uh, at the time, I was, like, I was like, no, Bishop, go home. You need to grab lunch. Go with your sisters. Go with your mom. You need to go grab lunch, get rest, whatever. And he said, no, Dad, I'm going to go with you. It was like, Bishop, you know, obey. Go with Mom and, and do what I say. And uh, he got distraught and all, all just crying and emotional. And, and my son, he could be passionate, right? I mean, passionate elated or passionate upset. But, but he is a passionate young man. And, uh, and so he was upset, he was crying, and I was, like, I was like, Bishop, no, go. And because I told him to go, and I, I felt like, man, I told him one time, and then he kept pushing, and I don't want to cave in, because then I'm like, okay, whatever you want, son, and I didn't want to spoil him. So because of these things, then his sister's like, well, if he gets to stay, I want to stay. And to avoid conflict, and for me to, you know, be a strong father, I said, no, you do what I say. And so I sent, I sent my son away, and he was distraught, and as soon as she left with the kids, I felt this conviction from God. How many of you all know that, you know, just because I'm a pastor, I make some mistakes? Okay, some of y'all make mistakes too, anybody? I can't see you, but I think some of y'all are lying to me. <laughs> all right, some hands are up there, there you go. So, but I, I felt convicted by God. I really felt like, there's nothing the Bible says, don't send your son away with, her, with his mom, right? It's not sin in that sense, but, but I felt like God was saying, like, your son wants to spend time with you and he wants to, to be with you, why would you send him away? In the same way that I want to be with God, he wants to spend time with me, and I felt so convicted in that moment that, yes, I'm working, I'm not gonna be able to like play with him with toys, but he wants to be around me, he wants to see what I'm doing, he wants to go with me. And who am I to snuff that out and say, no, you can't? I felt so convicted in that moment that I said, okay, from now on, I'm never doing that again. If it's going to the grocery store, if it's going to pack up after church, whatever it is, if he wants to come, I want to let him come and see what his dad does and see and be able to use the things that we do together to show him what life is about. And so it's, it's, like, it's like that uh, with us, with God as well. And so we're going to read about who set the perfect example, Jesus. In uh, John chapter 5, we read in verse uh, 17 and then 19 through 20, so we're going to skip over 18 for a moment, but uh, starting in verse 17, it says, Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. Verse 19, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. Lord Jesus, thank you so much, God, for this series, for this word, and for what you want to teach me and this church about your character, about your will, and how to do your will. 
So, Lord, would you let your Holy Spirit teach us and show us your ways. Everybody said, amen. Amen. I, I love a vocal church. How many of y'all like a vocal church? Come on, yeah. So, so if you want to say amen, if you want to give a little clap, if you want to shout a little bit, it's okay. If you're new to Canvas Church and you're like, these people are weird, why are they talking? You're supposed to, you know, that's okay too. You don't have to say anything if you don't want to, but sometimes it lets me know that you hear me and something that, that resonates. And if you're really silent, that means it probably hurt, and that's okay too. So, but I, I'm here to give you both. I hope it's okay if I tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Is that okay? All right, and if I say something wrong, go back to the Bible and make sure that you know what I'm teaching is from the Bible, and, uh, and that's on you to, to make sure that you let me know later. But, uh, but I, I believe that this word I'm going to speak is, is something that is, um, I, I I've been a Christian about 15 years now, and I'll be honest, I thought when you become a Christian, I, I thought it's like, okay, I'm a Christian, that's it, like I'm good to go, and, and I'm a believer. Uh, but it's like marriage, where you get married, that's just the beginning, that's just the beginning. My wife told me something last week. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, I didn't know that about you. Well, I can't remember what it was. Okay, she can't remember either. But, but I, I, it was something that she's like, did you know that I like this? And I was like, no, I didn't know that. It, it, it's like, you know, we've been married for almost 11 years. Coming up this July, 11 years, come on. Amazing 11 years. Uh, but I, I still am getting to know my wife. I'm getting to know how to be a good husband. I'm learning how to pursue her heart and how to serve my family and lead my family and, and lead my, I'm, I'm learning all this. It's not done overnight. How many of y'all newlyweds know that you got a lot to learn? Jeremiah, where you at? Okay, are they not the most adorable couple? Oh my gosh, I just, it, it, yeah. So those little cards, you got blessed. Apparently that's like a great pickup line too from the video. Is that what I heard? I think that's the message, I think. It's a, anyway, just kidding. I mean, hey, missionary dating. I, I don't know if it's in the Bible, but it worked for me. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not advocating that, okay? Just get me straight. Pastor Ben's going to hear that later. Be like, Brandon. I lost track where I'm at, by the way. <laughs> so, but the message that I want to speak, it, it, is, it is simple. Like Pastor Joe said, I, I'm not complicated. I'm not a, I don't have a doctorate in theology. And for me, it, it has to be simple so that I can know it, understand it, and apply it. Is anyone else okay with that? So this is going to be a message that, that is simple, but honestly... For me and my wife, this message has been life-changing. And some of the simplest messages are, I could give you Greek and Hebrew and everything else, and at the end of the day, it doesn't change how you live. But what I'm going to share with you is something that I, I truly believe I'm not the only one that's fallen into this trap. And so as I share this with you, I truly believe that if we can grasp this, if we allow the Holy Spirit to embed it in our hearts and minds, that it will transform your understanding of God. And, and it's not going to happen just in this one moment, but I believe over a lifetime, you'll begin to learn who God is and how he sees you, and it will transform your confidence, it will transform the way you carry yourself, the decisions you make. And so I'm excited to share this with you as we dive in today. So uh, we start off, as Jesus said here, the first thing he says in verse 17 is, my father is working until now, and I am working. I want you to know right now that we're going to talk about experiencing God, and today it's going to be God's will in your life. And I want to start out just by saying that God, the Father, is working right now. God is working right now. He has been working up till now. He is working right now. He's doing things in your workplace, in your family, in your neighborhood. He is doing things already. And oftentimes we come to God and say, God, what can I do for you? What can I do for you, God? And we come to it with this question, meaning well, I get that, but God's like, you know, he's not going to come up with a new project. What should I have 
uh, Pastor Caleb do? I, I got to think of a new project. I, I've kind of run out of things to do. Or is he already working on something? He's already working on something. He's already doing work to people in your workplace. He's already doing work on the other side of the planet in missions in Mexico. He's doing work in your neighborhood. He's already doing work. So rather than saying, what can I do for you, God? The better question is, what are you doing, God, already? And to what can I, in what can I join you? Much like as I'm serving up in North County, packing up, I'm already working. And Bishop says, let me join you. I want to take part in what you're doing, God. And so God is already working. And so rather than saying, what is this new thing that, that I can do that I'm called to? That, God, where are you already working? What is your will, your mind, your passion? What is it that you're already doing? And it's probably happening all around you. In your workplace, sometimes we think that we got to get called across the world to some other place for some new thing. But what if God says, no, I'm already working in your coworkers. Haven't you seen it? I'm already working in your neighborhood. I'm already working at Canvas Church. Haven't you seen what I'm doing? I'm here to invite you to take part in that. But point number one, I want to say this, is that find out what your father is doing and join him. Find out what your father is doing and join him. Notice when Jesus says this, he says that my father is up till now and I am working. He refers to him as not, 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 not God or the omniscient one, the creator. He says, this is my father. My father is working. And he shows the son what he's doing. I, I, I want to start with that. Th this, this honestly has to be a father-son relationship. It's a father-son relationship like me to my son. And this is the part that I missed for years. And I'm still grasping. Sometimes we avoid God. Can I be honest? Maybe it's just me. Sometimes we avoid God. We don't want to go to him in prayer. We, we, we don't want to take part in what he's doing. When we avoid God, it's because we don't understand that he's a father. We don't understand that. In all honesty, sometimes I have looked at God as like a, a, a lording over boss, right? And, and I'm going to go this way to the water cooler because I want to avoid my boss's office. You know what I'm saying? Because he's going to give me more work to do. He's going to criticize me. I don't want to get in trouble. I want to fly under the radar with God. If I don't mess up too bad, he won't look at me. He won't come to my desk, and I'll just kind of fly under the radar. Has anyone ever experienced that before? And we kind of avoid the Bible. We avoid prayer. And it's like, I just won't break too many rules, and maybe God won't notice me. And we look at God as this drill sergeant. We look at God as this... This, this one that wants to, uh, to, to, to like lay down the law and, and tell us what to do. We see him as a taskmaster. We see him as a, a slave driver. And so we often avoid God. We get, I'm a little too loud, sorry, I'll turn it down. We, we, we kind of avoid God. We, we, we're, we're a little bit afraid of God. And not in the, the fear of God in awe sense, but it really... We, we, don't want to be, we don't want to be intimate with God because we don't understand his character, that he is a loving father. And that's been one of the most amazing things about being a dad, honestly, is that the heart that I have for my kids, it actually helps me understand, okay, God, I think I get better how you look at me. I think I can better understand your will for me. So if you don't have kids and you're married, man, start getting on it. Let's go. <laughs> my wife and I, we love babies. I love all these birthing babies and... Come on, we got a few in slings over here. We got a few more in the oven. We're, this is great. I love it. This is, this is awesome. 
But if we truly understand who God is and his character, then we will, have a, we will be more easily able to follow him. Galatians 3.26 says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. So God the Father says that he's showing the Son what he's up to. But we also need to realize that he looks at us the same way as Jesus. I'm going to let that sink in. He looks at you like Jesus. I, I want you to know that. I want that to sink in. I want you to know that that's the truth. And you may say, Pastor Brandon, no, you know, you don't know what I did last week. Or you don't know what I did last year or, or 10 years. You don't know what I did in... It doesn't matter. Through faith in Jesus, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. And if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Nothing takes that away. Nothing takes away your sonship, your daughtership. Nothing's going to revoke that. And you've got a, you've got a loving father who looks down on you and says, come take part with me. Moses understood it, and he said as God told them, hey, take the Israelites, Moses, go on, otherwise I might just kill y'all. He says, No. He says in, uh, in Exodus 33, he says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Moses understood the power of God's presence, to be in his presence as a father. I don't care how angry you get, God, I, we need your presence. It is that critical. And we're afraid of that because we don't know who he is, that he is a loving father. It's got to be a father-son relationship. Now, understand in our house with my wife and I, there's ground rules, right? There's ground rules in our house. Like, my kids know, you know like, and I have to tell them over and over again, hey, hey, what are you doing? Get off the couch. Like, you're jumping on the couch. Come on, you know better than that, right? Or they're, like, sprinting through, chasing each other, and, like, and they know not to do that. So are there ground rules in my house? Yeah, there's some rules. There's some rules. Okay, when, I, when you're in the Father's house, when you're in my house, there's some rules, right? However, I really hope that my kids, when they're old enough to articulate my family, that they won't look back and say, hey, Bishop, tell me about your family. What's your family about? I really hope and I pray and I believe they will when they're able to describe our family. They're not going to say, oh, my family? Oh, man, we don't run the house. Oh, my family? Oh, yeah, like, you know, we, 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 uh, we, we, we don't break things. That, that's what my family's about. We don't break things. Oh, my family? Oh, the Miller family? Yeah, I can't hit my sister. Yeah, oh, the Miller family? Oh, man, we clean up after ourselves. That's what we do. That's what my family's all about. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? I hope, I hope that my kids grasp what is our family truly about. Are there ground rules? Absolutely, but those are there to protect our relationships. Those are there to protect the intimacy of our family, to take care of the, what God stewarded us for, our possessions and the money that he's given us. Those ground rules are there for a reason, yes, but our family's so much more than that. I hope that, that my kids, when they can articulate our family, they can describe, you know what my family's about? Man, we've got this Christmas tradition, and it's amazing. Here's what it's about. And, and man, my family, my siblings and I, we get along so well because my, my mom and my dad, they taught us respect for one another. And you know what? You know what our family's about? My, my, my dad taught me that when this person bullied me at school, that I prayed for that person, and I loved that person regardlessly. I, I, want my, I want my family to know what our family's truly, truly about. Not what we're against, but what are we for? What are we for? What are we fighting for? What, not what are the rules of our family, but, but what is our family truly about? And that only comes through a heart connection. 
I walked in the other day and, and I, I didn't get the normal like hugs and, and, and you know, kids like wrapping their arms around me like I normally do. And I, it was quiet and I turned the corner and I go in the bedroom and I see my wife on her knees talking quietly to Hannah and Bishop and saying, hey guys, listen, hey, here's what you did and, and here's what I expect of you and here's why that bothers me. Here's why it's wrong and here's what it truly means when you act this way. Here's the meaning behind it. And she was just so patient and so loving and so kind. And of course, there's little PJ. She's three years old. She's learned from her older siblings. She's like this. She's like, Mommy, I always obey you. <laughs> she's so funny. But she learns from her older siblings. How many of y'all have older siblings and you learned, right? You learned what not to do? Okay. But my wife had this heart connection with them, and it wasn't about behavior modification. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's not about, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, do this, do that. It wasn't about behavior modification, although, yes, it related to the ground rules. It was about the heart. It was about the connection between a mother and her children or a father and his children. And when we totally connect with God as our father, it's not about the rules. It's about what's behind them, what's the condition of our heart and that heart connection with God. So yes, there are ground rules, but it's not about the rules. Those things are guidelines for us to, to know God intimately and let there not be any division between us, between us and God and between us and, and God's people, amen? Does somebody hear what I'm saying today? All right, all right. So we don't avoid God and our hope is not that our children will grow up and want us to tell them what to do. When they're adults, I don't want them to have that mindset of, I'm their boss, right? And like, hey, do this, do that. And now, hey, I'm 30 years old. Dad, I don't know what to do. Tell me what to do. Son, you're a grown man. Make a decision. Right? I don't want them to grow up and have me tell them what to do, but I do want them to want to be with me when they're older. I want them to want to be with me, and I want them to want our wisdom on decisions. I want them to know they can always come to their dad and know that, man, dad has got it together. He knows who God is. He knows how to follow God. He made good choices or admitted when he made wrong ones and he learned and he grew. I want to talk to my dad and get his advice. I want there to be the heart connection because as kids, if I, if I train them up in rules and actions and behavior modification, there's no heart connection. As soon as they leave the house, they leave those rules. What's left? There has to be something embedded in their heart that takes who I am with them. Amen. So we've got to see God as a father. Number two, we become more like him in the process. Much like my son who comes to me and says, I want to go with you and do this work that you're doing, Dad. We become more like him in the process. So it's not about what we're doing. It's not about the actions we're taking. It's about who we're doing it with. I spoke to someone recently who's struggling through some decisions and addictions and old mindsets and old habits and old ways. And I, and I told him, you've got to cut out these people from your past and start surround yourself with different people. Surround yourself in the house of God. Surround yourself in God's people, God's culture, his kingdom, because who you surround yourself with will affect who you become. Much like when we surround ourselves with God, we get in his presence, we become more like God. Amen? How many of y'all know that children are a reflection of their parents? How many of y'all been like around some kids? And I, I can think of a few just off the top of my head where I look at that kid, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you are just like your dad. <laughs> like, oh wow, you are the spitting image of your mom. 
Like, you just, you just like, wow, that is definitely their kid. <laughs> and it's not just about the looks. It's about the behaviors, the mindset, like the attitude, the words they speak. It's like, you know, I, 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 one, one kid that, that I know in particular, like, she just looks at you, and I'm like, okay, like, you, like, you're three, but you, you're looking at me like you're, like, 30, and it's creeping me out. Like, you know, like, just intense. And you can just see their, their parents in them. So children are the reflection of their parents, just like when Jesus said that. He said that it's uh, whatever the father does, the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And, 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 and as we begin to hang out with God, it changes who you are. It truly does change who you are. And as we become a new Christian, I know for me, as I said, hey, Jesus, I want to be, be like you. I want to follow you. I want to do your will. And I gave my life to Jesus. I remember, like, after that, just I remember at that moment thinking, there's no way I can live a Christian life. And, and, and for a while, there's this transition period where, like, oh, I'm trying to live godly, but it's so hard. Like, I keep messing up. I keep screwing up. I keep you know, making bad decisions. I'm, I'm acting like I did before, even though I want to follow God, and there's this war within us. But as you persevere and surround yourself with, with God's word, which he speaks through, as you begin to get in his presence, it does begin to change you from the inside out. And as you persevere with God and, and press forward, he changes you from the inside out. And as your character changes, your actions change, your results change. You, you, you begin to operate different in the workplace. And you get, you get promoted when you have the blessings of God on you. And uh, you, you, you begin to work harder than others because you're doing it for God and not for someone else. And yes, we get perse persecuted at times, but in America, that's rare. I, I truly believe that there is great blessing on Christians when we operate the right way. We love people. I truly believe that. And we'll live in a great culture where we can do that. Amen? Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. As beloved children. Not, not imitators in that we're going to follow the rules like God does because God follows the rules. No, we, we imitate God as beloved children. Again, that's our identity in him, is that we are beloved. It means I'm loved, like the song says. It's who I am. I'm loved. I'm loved. And I, and I think, like I said, we, 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 we don't look at God as a loving father. We think of him as a taskmaster, as a slave driver. There's no love in that relationship. When he's my boss, there's no love in that relationship. There's, there's no love when he's a slave driver, right? There's no love there. He doesn't share with me what he's doing or the why behind it. But when Jesus says that I see what the Father is doing and, and I, he, he invites me to take part in his work, it says that we're, we're sons. We're not, we're not slaves, we're sons. And so now we can begin to, to understand why God's doing it and be able to take part in that as an heir with that inheritance, amen? Now, we can't use our freedom for our own selfish desires, though, but uh, my wife and I, we, we realize that as we, as we get to know God better and we, we ask God about decisions we want to make, like, you know, hey, we're thinking about having more kids or adopting more kids, or, man, I'm thinking about this, this work pathway for my career. God, what do you want? And we, we come to God and we say, you know, what do you want me to do? And what do you want me to do? And, and it's always, what do you want me to do? And sometimes God the Father says, what do you want? What do you want? We see times where, where God calls Abram away, says, go and follow me, and, and we've got to take these huge leaps of faith and do things. There are times like that where you've got to kind of take a leap of faith and step out, and maybe he calls you to do something that, man, I'm scared as heck. I don't really want to, but I feel God's calling me to. There are those times. But, but so many times in our lives, 
I believe that there are ground rules, yes, but in that, there's freedom. There's liberty. If my son wants to go in the fridge and grab food, go grab some food. Go for it. I, I, I truly believe that if, if, you know, if you ask God for some decisions, and we want to do God's will, of course, but oftentimes if it doesn't come down to, ah, there's this immoral thing, and then there's this other decision, which one should I make? Like, duh, come on. Like, yes, the Bible gives us guidelines on morality, but outside of that, if you've got a dream for a business, go pursue the business. If you've got a dream for more kids and like, ah, uh, uh, no one else has that many, who cares? There's freedom in that. And yes, use wisdom, okay? Yes, don't throw all, all caution to the wind. But you've got freedom. It is for freedom that we've been set free. It's the world outside of this that's slaves. The world is in slavery to their, their flesh, to their sin. The, the world is in, in slavery to, to this blindness that they don't understand what's going on around them. But we are liberated. We are free to, to do as we please within God's loving relationship. As long as it doesn't damage that relationship through sin, you've got freedom. If you want the promotion, go pursue the promotion. God, I don't know, should I, should I go for that promotion? I just don't know. Yeah, go for it. You've got liberty. You've got freedom. And oftentimes, we want to go back to slavery. My wife and I had this revelation where she said, I just learned that, man, like sometimes... I don't want to make a decision. I don't want to make a bad one. So I just say, God, you tell me what to do. You, you tell me what to do, God. I'll do whatever you say. Just you tell me what to do. It's like my son. It's like, like Bishop, you're 30 years old, man. Make a decision. Like, you don't have to ask me, should I or shouldn't I? It's not immoral. Do it. If you want to, go for it. Like, have liberty. Do you hear what I'm saying today? The Israelites, as they got delivered out of 400 years of slavery to, in Egypt, the Israelites went, into the, went through this, this, this period where they're on their way to the promised land, and they said, we were better off as slaves. Let's just go back because we got food there, and they just told us what to do, and it was easy. And we just want to go back to slavery. But God says, no, I've given you liberty. If you want to conquer business, conquer business. If you want to have the best marriage on the planet, man, freaking pursue it and go for it. Like whatever it is, whatever your passion is, whatever your hobby is. And we're going to see that here in a moment when we talk about Peter. I'm excited. We've got to move on, though. Number three, trust that working with your father is an opportunity and not an obligation. Trust that working with your father is an opportunity and not an obligation. So let's jump into Luke 5. Luke 5, you don't have to go there, but just you can read through the story later. It's, it's pretty awesome. But Jesus is picking up his first disciples and he approaches these boats on the water. He jumps in a boat and starts teaching all the people. And we have no idea what he said at that, in that story in Luke 5, but I'm sure it was pretty amazing. And at the end of it, he says, hey, you, Simon, who's later, we, his name has changed to Peter. He says, Simon, push off from the water. And Peter, you know, Peter, Simon's like, okay. So he pushes off from the water and says, hey, drop down your nets. And he's like, hey, Jesus, listen, we were fishing all night. Now it's like later in the day. You don't fish around this time, Jesus. Like, we were fishing all night, we didn't catch a thing, so it's pretty pointless. But, you say do it, fine, I'll do it. So he dumps his nets over, and it says that he brought up more fish than he could carry. The nets were breaking. And so he said, hey, come help. They brought another boat out. And then they grab the nets with two boats. And there's so many fish that both, both boats are sinking in the water. 
I mean, it didn't make any logical sense. If you're a fisherman, Simon knew, like, this doesn't make sense. And so he turns to Jesus and says, Jesus, flee from me. I'm a sinner. I can't stand in your presence. I'm just a fisherman. You're a rabbi. I should have no dealings with you. You're obviously a mighty man. I, I shouldn't be with you. I'm a sinner. And he, he told Jesus to go away. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Peter says, I don't have what it takes. I'm not educated. I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I, I mean, we don't know what his past looked like, but he knew it was bad. Just like yours. Just like mine. And he said, I, I, I don't have what it takes, Jesus. I can't go with you. I, I'm not qualified for this. I don't have what it takes. I'm not educated. I, I'm not a rabbi. I didn't go through that schooling in the temple. I don't have the, the pedigree. I, I don't have what it takes. I haven't lived righteously. I don't have what it takes. And Jesus says, you're a fisherman, right? I'm going to make you a fisher of men. You do have what it takes. Brandon, I, I can't tell people about Jesus because I'm just a banker. You know, I, Brandon, I can't, I can't tell people about Jesus. I don't, I don't have a, a Bible degree. You have what it takes. You're a banker for Jesus. You're, you're, you're an investor. I, I'm, I'm just a secretary. You know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I just got saved last week, and I don't, I don't know much about this Bible thing. I, <laughs> Great. You're a secretary for Jesus to, to win people. Whatever you are, you're qualified. I don't care how bad your past is. I don't care what you did this morning or last week. Uh, you're qualified. Amen? That's got to be good news for somebody. Some of y'all didn't think you were qualified, but I'm telling you right now, you are. Right now, you are qualified. Peter didn't think he has what it took. He thought he was sinful and uneducated. Jesus says, you do have what it takes. And think about the prodigal son for a moment. Uh, we're going to be done here in just a few minutes, but I want to think about the prodigal son because there's two parts of this, this story with the prodigal son. This son took his wealthy dad's inheritance and said, hey, give me my inheritance. I want it. It's mine. He says, great. Go for it. And he takes off. He leaves. And he squanders it with prostitution and, 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 and drunkenness and, and revelry and all these things. He just squandered it. And he was gone for a long time. And it says that as he... As he came to his senses, he's sitting in a pig pen, wallowing in the mud, starving to death, and thinking the pigs are eating better than him. He says, you know what? At least the slaves, the servants in my father's house ate better than this. I'm just going to have to go back to my dad and say, hey, just make me a slave, make me a servant. And so as he comes home, the father sees him in the distance. He's been looking for his son to return. And he says, come, my son is here, and he runs out to meet him, and he brings a ring, and he puts it on his finger, signifying his, his status. And then he brings, he brings a robe, and he, brings, he says, slaughter the fatted calf. We're celebrating. My son has returned. And they celebrate the lost son that came back. And at the end of the story, he goes out to the fields to the older son and says, hey, come in. Did you not hear? Your, your brother is here. And he says, dad, he goes, I've been slaving away for years. I've obeyed everything you said. And you've never slaughtered a, a calf for me and my friends. And we have one son who ran away from God, the father. And we have one son who lived in the home and obeyed everything his father said and never understood that he's not a slave. He's not a slave. He goes, I've been slaving away for years. And I truly believe that some people in this house, in this room, and I've been there too, truly believe that you're a slave. You're just a servant. 
You come and bring the tray to the, to the God Almighty and then you walk away and he doesn't include you in his will. He doesn't impart to you his wisdom, his knowledge, his plans. But that is not the truth. That is a lie. You are not a slave. You are a son. You are a daughter. He wants to share with you. And just like that son in the field be like, I obeyed all the rules. I never got a, I never got a, a, a slaughtered pig. You're a son. If you want it, go get it. We can throw a party anytime you want. But when we're a slave, we don't go to God. We just, okay, whatever you say, God. Okay, whatever you say. And we shy away from God. But if he's our loving father, he says, hey, I've got some work. Come join me. I've got some work to do. Come join me. And let's celebrate together. And we're, not, we're no longer slaves, but we're sons and daughters of God. Amen. And just like the father so, showed Jesus his will in the same way, he wants to show us. Like I said, we are all children of God. And I want to impart to you the power you have today, that you have the power of Jesus in you. You have the will of, you have God's spirit in you. He sees his perfect son when he looks at you. When that prodigal son came back, man, he messed up. His behavior was wrong and wretched and disgusting, and, and, but he came back, he gets a ring on his finger and says, no, you're still a son. If my son says, Dad, I don't want the inheritance you have for me, okay, but you're still my son. It's still there waiting for you. Nothing can take that away from you. Be empowered today that no matter what your week looked like last week or last month or last year, that you have every bit of an inheritance waiting for you and every bit of power there at your fingertips. If you want, if there's, there's an inheritance from God waiting for you and if there's something in this life that you say, God, what do you want me to do? Come to him as a child of God, not as a slave, not as a servant, and let him speak to you. Son, what do you want? Yes, we obey God in everything, but as we become more like him, our will becomes fashioned like his, and, and our will becomes his. I believe that. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.